This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, February 11th, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. The president wants to raise down payments on homes and phase out Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, but the report issued by the White House is light on details. Mark Calabria, director of financial regulation studies at the Cato Institute, provides a quick review. If you're reading just the headline, higher down payments, phasing out Fannie and Freddie, these seem to be all to the good. And that's fair to say the administration's plan, if you want to call it that, for phasing out Freddie and Fannie and reforming our mortgage markets is very good on the vague generalities on, yes, you know, Freddie and Fannie got out of control. Yes, they were unregulated. Yes, they were acted as hedge funds. And, you know, yes, they were driven by greed. So a lot of what the report says at a very high level, which is the sort of level that's pretty hard for anybody to disagree with, is on target. But many of the things that they propose to do are either absolutely no timelines or very vague. I mean, even the question about, well, we're going to start bringing down payments back to 10%, as the, as the report says, over a number of years. Well, how many is that? You know, I mean, there's so much uh, in the report that's absolutely noncommittal. There's even questions about, okay, we're going to raise Fannie and Freddie pricing to make it more reflective of what the private sector is. Well, Okay, that's kind of hard to argue with, but without actual numbers in it. Uh, I mean, Congress directed the administration to do recommendations and an analysis. And one would think within an analysis that you would get more than 22 pages of double, <laughs> double-spaced big print that doesn't actually give you any numbers. For instance, the administration has a variety of forms, basically three large reforms, which or options. One, you could have a private sector. One, you could have a hybrid model, which was kind of what we had before. Or you could have a catastrophic backstop so that the government comes in and guarantees mortgage credit risk in the event of a crisis. Any of these proposals will raise mortgage rates to some extent. Yet there's no there's no discussion of that in the administration's uh, report. There's no uh, how much do we think they would raise them? How do we think this would impact homeownership rates? How would this protect the taxpayer? So, so again, the report is very heavy on fluffy generalities, very light on actual substance and, and, and details or recommendations. I think most people agree that had the culture surrounding uh, the mortgage market in the United States had been one of larger down payments, many of the downsides of uh, the financial crisis could have been averted. What of FHA here? Uh, talking about down payments, FHA virtually guarantees a world where a certain number of uh, hopeful homeowners provide very little down payment. And that's very, that's very much the case. Even today, uh, FHA, the Federal Housing Administration, you can get a mortgage with three and a half down, and you're also allowed to roll in sort of seller concessions. So if the seller pays some of your closing costs, you could put those in the cost. So you really are still today able with an FHA loan to leave the closing table as a borrower with no equity. And this is, this is you know, you can't overemphasize this. The drivers behind mortgage default are many things, but there are two that are more important than any of them. First of all, credit. And we know that people with worse credit, surprisingly, have a higher chance of not paying you back. That's, that's shown itself throughout this crisis. That has not changed. Uh, and the second driver of this is having some skin in the game, having some equity. So we know that the least less equity that someone has in a house, the more likely they are to walk away. In the majority of FHA's book of business, their portfolio today is zero or negative equity. And, I, and not, not just a small amount, but the majority. And I think that that should concern anybody. And that, that is another disaster waiting to happen. Now, the administration in their 
mortgage finance plan does say, well, yes, we need to get uh, we need to scale back FHA, but they want to scale it back from the current levels, which is today FHA insures mortgages on half of all new home buyers. So. A lot of what the administration talks about in terms of, well, we need more of a private sector role and we need to you know, reduce the government footprint. What they're talking to is reducing the footprint from today back to what we had before the crisis, not really to less than that. And let's keep in mind that before the crisis, FHA, Freddie and Fannie and other mortgage finance systems at the federal level were about half the mortgage market. And they were half that were where the loss was distributed to the taxpayer. So it's important to keep in mind that what the administration is proposing is not a private market solution. What they're proposing is, well, let's just go back to the things that got us into this mess. Peter Van Doren, when talking about uh, this idea of moving to higher down payments, uh, says this sounds a lot like bank capital standards. That is, for banks, this is how much capital you have to have uh, sitting around, ready to deal with a crisis. Uh, the Obama administration wants to move to some specific number for a down payment, which raises the question, what is the right level of a down payment? Well, it's important to keep in mind and to separate the issue of down payment and bank capital to the extent that they are both cushions to absorb loss, which is where the similarities are so that you know your bank would have X percent capital, say 5% capital, so that the equity holders would take the first 5% of the loss. And you have the same thing with the down payment. So if house prices decline by a certain amount, you know the borrower would be able to take that and they wouldn't be underwater, so they wouldn't walk away. That cushion is part of it. There's an element of down payments for the borrower that is different from that of a capital for a bank. And that is, there is a selection effect. The fact that you have to have somebody come up with a couple of thousand dollars or $10,000. I mean, you can think of it as a screening mechanism. If you can't save a couple of thousand dollars, it's probably a pretty good indicator that you are not going to be ready when the boiler goes out or the heating goes out. And you're not going to be able to maintain. Uh, you know, as a homeowner myself, I can say it's quite expensive. You know, we make it out as it's all roses. It's going to be, you know, flipping a couple of months and you make a lot of money. Real homeownership is not actually like that. Real homeownership is fixing appliances, one expense after another. And if, again, you have a hard time saving up a modest down payment, you will likely have a hard time meeting the requirements of maintaining a home. And so I do think that there is a selection, a screening mechanism with a down payment that's not quite the same with bank capital. Now, the question of what is the right level, it's not, it's not an easy question. It's how it uh, interacts. And you really did see in the marketplace, and this is what, the th- what really cost Freddie and Fannie and what cost FHA and cost some parts of the subprime was not solely down payment. It was combining a down payment with a high risk. For instance, you can give a, a low down payment, say a 5% down payment to someone who is very good credit, you know, 780, 800 FICO. And you really, the credit quality will generally offset the low down payment. Now, if you give that same 5% down payment to somebody with a 550 or 600 credit score, which is well into subprime, and let's, let's also remember, subprime doesn't happen to you. Subprime is a reflection of the decisions that you have made throughout your life. Foremost among those is decisions to maybe not pay your bills on time or maybe not pay some of them at all. So if you give a very low down payment loan to somebody with a very weak credit, that is a not just a additive risk, it's a multiplicative risk where the risk is so much worse. And that's an important thing to keep in mind. We often heard throughout the, throughout the building of the housing bubble, lenders offering 100% down loans. 
Well, the reality was most of the time you'd walk in the door and if you weren't a 780 and 800 credit FICO credit, you weren't going to get that loan. And you were going to be said, well, you know, you don't qualify for that. In FHA, what has really hurt FHA is over the last 30 years, I mean, when FHA was founded in the 30s and up until like about 30 years ago, it really was low down payment for prime credit. And what's really gotten us into this mess is the mixing of low down payment with weak credit borrowers. My question more directly is, who is the Obama administration to decide what the right down payment is? And I think that that's a very important point. To think that the government is going to figure out the right the the right down payment, uh, I think, is the wrong approach. They're not going to they're, they're, the down payment that's going to come out of this process is going to be driven by political concerns, not risk concerns. Now, I don't think that the government should be imposing minimum down payment standards on loans in general. If it's a completely private sector loan, a private sector entity is taking the risk, and the taxpayer is not standing behind it. If they want to make loans for no equity, I think that that's their business. If, however, the taxpayer is on the hook, which ulti- our ultimate objective should be to get the taxpayer off the hook altogether, but we don't live in a perfect world and we often have to make imperfect compromises. And if you live in a world where the government's going to offer some sort of guarantee of credit risk, then that credit risk has to be managed. And if the taxpayer is on the hook, then the borrower should be on the hook for something, as well as the lender. So it's important to kind of make some offsetting uh, because the private sector generally, when it extends risk on one dimension, it usually tries on another dimension, another margin to control that risk. The government's never been very good at that. The government usually extends a guarantee and then does a very poor job of managing the moral hazard behind that guarantee. Mark Calabria is Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.